the day comes and you do what you got to do, what would be for you the perfect celebration meal? Pizza, 100%. We've already talked about it. We've already looked up places. We will 100% be eating pizza. I can't wait to eat pizza and probably donuts. There'd be pineapple on the pizza. No. <laughs> Once again, it's that time, and you know it's that time to get real with your guy, Ronald E. Smith. And my guest today, because you all know I never get tired of talking to good people, and this one person here, while she is an MMA athlete, there's a lot more to her, especially when you really get to know her. So why not, let's, let, why not, let's get, let's get to it, and let me introduce MMA fighter, Hillary Rose. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you today. And everyone knows on Getting Real, we love to talk to athletes, bring the real side of them, and have them tell their story in their way. And that's why I brought Hillary here, because while she, well, her record, she's 5-2 and two in the game of MMA, her journey to get to where she, she's going, because she has a, a title fight coming up soon. But before that, there's always a beginning to everything. So the question I always love to uh, Act MMA athletes the most because it's this is such a barbaric sport as people say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why in the world would you even want to take part in a sport like this? Because it's a cool ass sport and it's a small percentage of people who want to take advantage. But you know, I grew up um, when I was fourteen. I started Muay Thai uh, and you know became addicting. So like I didn't like high school sports. I did some high school sports and then I kind of was like, eh, I didn't like the after school commitment, didn't get home till 7.30. Um, so when I was like 14, my mom was like, oh, we gotta get you, you know, back into something. You're kind of being a punk ass kid. Uh, so I wanted to box. So I came across the gym that I'm at now, US MMA, located in Bellingham, Massachusetts. And, you know, it all kind of just worked its way from 14 years old, you know, um, being in the gym, uh, learning Muay Thai up until where I'm at now. So uh, it's cool. It's been a, a long journey, but it's only the beginning, which is, you know, even cooler to think about. Did your parents also do any athletic sports growing up themselves? Yeah, my dad um, played baseball for a really long time. And like both my sisters uh, or one of my sisters was super athletic. She was a cheerleader. She like cheerleaded at the Pro Bowl. Um, I don't think my mom did that many sports. I think my dad was kind of the sports guy. So I think I kind of get that from him. And what did they take when you told them, I really want to fully commit to this sport? Uh, they were super supportive. I think that um, once I had my first few amateur fights um, and that they spoke with like my coaches, that they realized that it was something that I was actually really good at and something that I was so fully dedicated to. And it wasn't just like um, something that I liked to do twice a week, like go to a jujitsu class and kind of like learn. Um, it was something that I was fully invested in and, you know, I was like going to community college for a little bit after high school and I was just, you know, sitting in class, just watching fight pass and like pre-watching fights and like taking notes and trying to like broaden my horizon as, you know, just a martial artist in general, not even so much as a fighter. And I think, you know, I took time off of school and I told them, you know, I, this is what I want to do. I want to be a fighter and I want to be an MMA coach and I want to be, you know, just a martial artist in general. And, you know, since day one, they've always had my back. So I think, with how they see me advancing in the career, um, you know, they've never doubted me in any way. So I'm super lucky for that. You had to fully believe in yourself to dive into this sport. Yeah. But you, it's also a leap of faith. And sure. you took that for yourself to leave school. I mean, at the time, what were you even studying for in college? 
Uh, I was studying criminal justice, so you know, I was just kind of learning and taking classes. Um, I had plans to go to school for like photography. I like got accepted to an art school, and then I kind of like oh, liked it as a hobby. Um, and so then I was like, oh, you know, I'll just go to community college for the time being, and you know, fill my life with something and like learn something. But I was never fully invested in it. I was always, you know, my mind was always elsewhere when I was in school thinking about like getting in the gym in the afternoon or how I was missing a jujitsu class in the morning. So um, I knew that I needed to take some time off from school. And, you know, I just fully put myself in the sport. And now we're here. You really cared about it that much that you wanted to really full on invest in it, you know, for sure. What is it in your heart that drives that passion to keep learning about the sport? I think that it's just, it's a continuous, like you're constantly learning. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a black belt or a white belt, you know, there's always something new that appears in, you know, MMA or just boxing or, you know, any martial art in general. So I think that intrigues me that, you know, I could constantly be learning and absorbing something. And, you know, I always wanted to get better. Or I always would see something new. So I wanted to try it and I wanted to see if it would work for, you know, my body type or, you know, if it wouldn't work for my body type. And I think, you know, my coaches are a big part of that, too. You know, my coach, Matt, you know, from the very beginning, he always said he saw something in me from the beginning. Like, even when I was just, like, a young kid who was, like, 16 who, you know, was just kind of coming in the gym and having fun, um, he knew that I think I had a kind of a spark in me that I would be able to take this somewhere. And so he kind of drove me and motivated me. And my coach, Tom, also, like, they just always had my back and supported me from day one. So I think their belief in me is what kind of made me believe in myself. MMA is it to me, and you know, I don't know if you guys other people, but it's a, just a fantastic sport and such an art an artistry towards it. But for every fighter that begins this journey, there's also other fighters that they inspired from or really caught on. Like, yeah, that's the fighter I love watching. Yes. Who's yours? Um, so I love Rose Namajunas. She has been my favorite fighter since you know, back in Invicta days. I love her style i love how she moves and she you know is able to dictate the pace and kind of absorb and look for the openings in the right way and of course you see people win and you see them lose but she always comes back better and i think you know i love uh trevor whitman as a coach i like how he coaches his style of coaching um it kind of is very similar to my coach um they have like similar styles so i think maybe that's why i was so drawn to her fight style and why i liked her so much um and same with like israel adesanya like i like him i like his his style of fighting. I like how he's able to dictate and use his body as, you know, a weapon and, you know, kind of fool people, he hard feints and moves. So, you know, those are two people that I really admire and I love to watch. So, you know, it, it's cool to watch them and even see them, you know, advancing in the sport of MMA also. What would be more for you, to train with Rose or to fight with Rose? Uh, so my coaches have said this to me before. They're like, you know, if you get to the top, you know, you're going to have to fight her someday. I think that, you know, if I get to that level of, you know, being able to fight her one day, I'd have so much respect for her. And, you know, it's hard I would to turn love, off. Yeah, I, it would be hard to turn off. Yeah, but I, I would love to train with her if I ever got that experience. You know, I, like you said, I'm an open book. I would, you know, sit there and I would absorb everything that she told me, whether that's, you know, mindset things. Like, I feel like she's so good at being able to, like, it looks like she struggles with her mindset, but like, she's able to flip that switch and have that like belief. Like when she won the belt recently and she was just yelling, I'm the best, I'm the best. I was like in tears. <laughs> I was like, oh, was like, yeah, you're the best. So I think just like that belief in herself and like not getting caught up in, you know, when you see her fought JJ and JJ getting in her Got face. Her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Manipulate her brain, you know, 
I, I love the way she's able to fight and then also how she's able to use her mind you know, to get herself in the right place and then just, you know, dominate in great ways. So it's really cool. That that's the one, the big, a big step in fighting too, because it's a, it's a mind game. You know, the, mo the moment your opponent or anything else in the atmosphere takes you off, that's yeah. the moment you'll be off and you can, you, you can chance you can lose. Exactly. And Rose has, a, a, I always admired her about that, for just how she is so locked in just yeah, on always. the mission. And also yeah. too, I never get tired of having her husband, Pat, Oh my god! Bar. Like, <laughs> not the best ever. <laughs> that is the definition of someone you want on your side to be the 100%. best cheerleading coach ever. Yes, no like, doubt about it. The moment he he looked and was over and said, "You the best ever," and he's like, oh "Who's the best? God. I'm the best." I have chills now, like my arm has <laughs> chills. <laughs> that's what you said. You know, that's the goal. One day in your life, you want to get to that stage, but mm -hmm. every every step takes on mountains to climb, and no you're doubt. always on that road and. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, your first amateur fight was back in 2014? Yep. And when you had that moment to get there, how was, how was that for you, the first step to know that, all right, this is it. This is me starting this journey. I think when I was having my first MMA fight, it was something that I didn't, I knew that I wanted to be a fighter, but I didn't, like, it wasn't like, oh, this is going to be my career. This is something that I'm 100% dedica dedicating myself to. I obviously was very dedicated to it, but um, I won by head kick knockout. So I think by winning like that, I was like, holy shit, like the things that my body are capable of doing and like able to time things right and to figure it out. You know, I was so emotionally invested in getting better and wanting to be a better version of myself, like from then until, you know, my next fight, like I lost my next amateur fight and then like went on. But I just I was so obsessed with what the sport was and how raw it feels like when you're in a cage and you're fighting against another person like it's. You can describe it to people, but unless you've physically done it, it's just, you can't, you, you have no idea the feeling and the emotions and like the type of things that kind of run through your body at that time. And whether you're scared and you're living in fear for that, like, you know, you hear that click, click when they close the door and you're like, oh shit, here we go. Now, you know, now's the time and I have, uh, there's no turning back. We got the next 15 minutes to work and I got to do everything I can to finish this fight. So it's, it's the raw emotion and, you know, there's a, 1% of people that kind of do this sport and that want to do it. And I think like, I feel like honored to be a part of that 1% who's, you know, willing to get in a cage with another person and just choose to want to get into a fight. Uh, it's cool. And we're like a rare form of person. And if you can, I just want to walk back on something you, that you just said about, you know, fear, you know, because yeah. that is something too, when you're walking in, that's in you, you know, you can't deny it. You can't run away from it. How do you keep that beast inside and don't even, and just focus on the task at hand? You know what? The fear, uh, I, I have a sports psychiatrist, and he's great. His name's Tom, and we were talking about this recently, and he was talking about how when you have fear and you have that anxiety, it's almost your adrenaline, like, preparing you for the fight. So even though you feel scared and you're nervous and you, you know, you're questioning yourself and you're questioning your ability, it's really your body prepping yourself for what's going to happen later. And, like, I never really thought of it that way, and I, I remember being like, oh, wow, you know, you're right. That's that's my body just preparing for me later. Like, I'm nervous because I know I have to do it, and I know that it's intimidating, but my body knows what to do, and it's going to go out there, and it's going to prepare itself, and it's going to react whether it's exactly what I want to do for the fight or if it's, you know, my body in fight-or-flight mode. So it, it's cool to think that my – some people go in there and have no fear, and that that's, like, crazy to me, like – I, it's like three days before the fight and I'm like I have to literally get an organized fight in three yeah. days I mean I definitely get nervous and I think nerves are natural like you watch um 
you know, Cowboy Cerrone always talking about it. You see George St. Pierre and all these people talk about how fear is real and fear is what makes you, I think, perform better. I think it makes me perform better when I'm fearful. I think if I went into a fight and I wasn't scared, um, my coaches and myself would be nervous. We, I think we would feel more worried not being scared than if I was, you know, a hot mess. I think my, my coaches know I'm usually like a hot mess before a fight, but it's because I care so much. It's because I'm so dedicated to wanting to win. And even if it's win or lose, I just want to perform at my best. Why do you think it is – why do you think fighters are such a, so afraid to admit that sometimes they are scared when the fights are about to happen or to lead up to a fight? I think because we have that – like we wear that fighter mentality. Like I think most people who know fighters, they think like – um you know, oh, well, they get in a fight and they fight each other, so they couldn't possibly scare because they're fighting each other. But it, it's scary and it's intimidating. And, you know, sometimes it's a lot to lose. You know, the Patriots can go win a Super Bowl or, win, or you know, lose, you know, a fight. Uh, I'm sorry, lose a game, but they're still going to get paid. Like, they're getting paid no matter what. Or right. When I lose, I lose half my paycheck. So, you know, I, I have to show up and perform so that I can get paid fully. You know, fighters don't get paid tons of money. So, you know, that person is taking half my money. I got to go in there and I got to earn my keep. And, you know, I think a lot of that is what drives the fighters too. You know, we have to go, we have to show up and we don't always just get win money. We show up and we make money, but you have to earn the win. Why do you continue to push for it? Like, you know what the sport comes with it and the, and the pros and cons. So what continues to make you stick with it? I think that I was literally born to be a fighter. I think that um, I have the skill and the ability to be really, really great um, and that I work hard and I'm dedicated and disciplined and I know that I can make my way to the top, whether it's, you know, this year, next year or three years from now, you know, I know that I'll get there. Um, and I think that's what drives me is that I, I have such a strong forward momentum of wanting to be great that I don't want to quit. And I don't think that, you know, obviously some take some days I wake up and I'm like, man, you know, would I be a better coach than I am a fighter? Uh, you know, because I, I'm also a coach. I also coach other people. So I think I question myself in my head, but I, it's, you know, it's the doubt because I know that I have the skill that I'm doubting myself or I, I think too much about the other person, like whoever I'm fighting, like, well, are they just better than me or am I just allowing my mind to believe they're better than me? So it's, it's a mental mess sometimes. Now, look, you committed. You said I'm ready to go with this no matter what. Now you're going pro. This is yeah. it. You're going full on in. Now, when you started going pro, what in your mind, how would you look back from the moment, from the days you first started to what you are right now? I would think like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe that I got to where I'm at now. You know, obviously, as a pro, I've had some good opportunity. Like, I was able to fight on contender and I was able to, you know, win or lose, you know, gain experience that a lot of people that maybe will never get the opportunity opportunity to do. Um, but, like, everything is lessons learned regardless of win or lose. Like, I lost my first pro fight. And I think a lot of people would have their first pro fight and maybe quit or not come back, you know, or take a few years off to kind of regain their, you know, momentum. But I was, you know, right back in the gym you know, the following week working hard because I wanted to get back in the cage and I, I knew it's what I love. So when I think you love something so much, you want to put your whole self into it. And I think that's what has driven me to want to keep going and going and going. So and you brought up about, you know, you going to the contender series. And I know you said before it was a big opportunity for you and for anybody that that's a big step to go towards joining the UFC. So I just yeah. want to ask you, 
did you did you feel at that moment was your time or did you feel it was too fast too soon for you uh you know going back and looking back i think that you know when opportunity is given you take it um so obviously when that came up i was super excited and i i wanted to fight and you know i knew i was fighting a very game cheyenne buys i knew that she was coming in and she was gonna come and fight me with everything she had um i had also had like 16 17 months off and hadn't been in the cage in a while so you know i don't believe in ring rust but i also believe in cage awareness and i think you know getting in there um was an amazing opportunity and i think that all things work out in the right way and that you know me losing that fight opened my eyes to a lot of things that i lacked that i think i needed to add to my game in order to be at the top level and i think you know cheyenne opened my eyes to that and again i'm grateful for that fight and i'm grateful for her she's a super cool chick uh so you know i think that things played out in the right way and i'm Honestly, I'm happy that I didn't get a contract and that I didn't get that win because I don't want to be, I don't want to have a short-lived career in the UFC. I want to get there and I want to stay there and I want to perform well. And I think I needed to build some strength and I needed some more time on the mat and a few more fights. And I'll be way more skilled whether I get a contender series fight or whether I get a short notice fight or I just get in the UFC. I think I'll be a much better version of myself once I'm able to get there. How have you been able to stop the step away from the negative thoughts in your mind that would creep in when those losses happen. That's one of my biggest struggles is, you know, keeping, obviously I'm very positive and I obviously show up and I'm in the gym all the time. But again, this is a tough career. It's a tough thing because you're, you're not, I mean, you're fighting for spots, you're fighting for a place. And I think surrounding yourself with the right type of people who believe in you and can allow you to believe in yourself and remind you of your skill and your ability um, is really important. I think you see a lot of gyms that have, you know, coaches and they're just a fish in a big sea and they don't get as much, you know, personal attention or, you know, personal, you know, one-on-one -on -one time that I receive from my coaches. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. I'm not in a big giant gym. You know, I'm, I'm in a small gym with uh, only a few fighters. You know, I'm the only pro that's there right now. I, I go to loads on MMA and I, I drill and I train with them also for sparring, but you know, I'm able to pick the brains of my coaches and it's never rushed. It's always on my schedule. They always do everything they can um, to help me believe in myself and to listen to me. And, you know, sometimes I have really, really bad days and they're always there. They always show up. You know, they give me a hug. They, you know, they remind me how great I am and that of my ability and that I wouldn't have got this far if I didn't have the skill level that I have. Um, and I, and I wouldn't, I, you know, they've been my coaches since I was 14. I'm, I'm 28 now. So, you know, the bond and the relationship that I have with them is like no other. So I think a lot of people maybe lack that in coaches and, you know, I'm really grateful for them. I know a lot of people think that also you're stuck in, you know, in the gym, you're locked in there from gym to house, gym to house. But yeah. I think we all know too, you're a person, you have fun yeah. things you want to do and things to do to chill. So when you're not locked in a cage, ready to tear someone's head off. What yeah. does Hillary Rose do when it's chill time? And do I don't do much, honestly. I so I live at the gym that I train at. So you know, there's I I live here and I'm an instructor and I teach. I which is strange. Like I think that my hobby thing is coaching. Like I love to coach. I love to share the knowledge that I was given and I love, you know, expanding it and watching others. Do, like I have like not a specific style, but like everyone who learns, you know, I learn from my coaches and they show me their style. But like you know, you've got grow into your own sort of style. So I do a lot of private lessons and watching like the people that I do privates with and them compete and them grapple and them spar and do the things that I've showed them. It's like a win for me. Like I, I, 
and again, I have hobbies. Like I have a dog, so I'm always taking my dog out everywhere I go and which is new. I just got a dog in October. So oh, okay. his, his name is Thug, Thug Rose. So um Oh oh come on. Okay, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> that's awesome. There you go. So, you know, just I guess when I have free time, it's, you know, just spending time with family, being outside. I like to grow, you know, vegetables and have a garden and you know oh. but again, just absorbing and sharing my knowledge is what's I think my hobby is I, I love being a coach and I love, you know, watching others be great and, you know, go to fights and watch them perform and do what they're also dedicated to. So, you know, my life is just fully invested in martial arts, whether it's, you know, my own training or, you know, the, my other teammates or students training. So it's cool. What does that, you know, what is that feeling for people to, to elaborate of seeing the people that you've taught and coached succeed? or to do well in something. What does that feeling mean to you? It means so much. And and uh, the thing is, it's because those who are going to listen and who are going to absorb and that want to listen, I mean, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So, you know, when you're sharing your knowledge and people absorb it and then they use what you're teaching them um, and then you watch them be successful doing it, it, it feels and it is so good because you know that they're putting in that work where you not everybody is coachable you know there's some people who have egos and that are coachable and finding the people who want to listen and who are going to do and absorb what you share with them it, it's so incredible watching them be successful doing that especially when you teach them that it's it's such a it makes me realize how my coaches feel when you know they watch me or if they watch my teammates um it's it's an amazing feeling and i love it and i think it's what makes what's going to me help make me an even better coach I already see it down in the future. Coach of the year. He's going to be road. Y'all got to watch out for that when that road comes down. <laughs> you were very open about uh, mental health. You weren't shy about that whatsoever. And a lot of people are, are reluctant to really open about these type of subjects. But you weren't. You know. Yep. And I, I, what I want to know from you is just what made you want to just speak your truth and to be open about what you deal with and also what other people deal with you know i am someone who you know i do keep a lot in obviously i don't you know talk a lot about my mental health but with the people that i'm around i of course talk to them about my mental health and i rely on them to you know keep me positive but you know with the platform that i have and you know obviously i don't have a ton of followers but you know eventually i'd hope to I i'd love to just be able to be a voice to those who are struggling because you know i struggle myself you know i have depression and I have really bad anxiety, and I think that being able to talk about it, even though it's an intimidating thing, um, will maybe help others to also want to talk about it or even just reach out to me and feel like there's someone that they can talk to and, you know, want to talk to, even if they're nervous or they feel like, you know, they're intimidated or want to feel weak. I think that there's this, you know, someone, especially as a fighter like myself, you know, people think that I'm just this, like, strong person who just can deal with anything all the time but you know I'm not you know I'm you know I cry often you know I I'm in my head all the time I think because I have such high expectations for myself that you know I let it wear on me and I think you know growing up with trauma and other sorts of things that it's just you know, you want to be a voice to others and if I can even be a voice to one person or 10 people or 10,000 people you know I, I just I want others to know that they can talk about it and that it's not you know, something that should be swept under the rug and then it's okay to, you know, you know, to have anxiety and to have depression and to voice how you're feeling. You know, I think people are afraid to voice how they're feeling because of a stigma and that, you know, I, you know, 
it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. How for you did you come to that to be like, it is okay for me not to be okay, but also to to still deal with anxiety and the depression whenever that pops around? You know, I think just having a good support system and people who, you know, know me on a personal level and know what I'm capable of and, you know, having people who have your back and remind you, you know, you are a good person, you are important, you, you know, you are wanted and you, I think a lot of people maybe feel like they're an outcast. I, I think I said this before in something like anxiety and depression is kind of like a trend. And I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think a lot of people who don't actually suffer from anxiety and depression know what it actually feels like. Um, like even like a year ago, my dad was having like chest pain on Thanksgiving and he ended up in the hospital and it turned out he wasn't like having a heart attack. He was having a panic attack and he had never had one in his life. And I remember him saying to me, you know, wow, I never had a panic attack before. And now I know how you feel. So I think a lot of people kind of use anxiety and depression as like a, a filler for just maybe how they're feeling on that specific day, but have never actually known what it feels like to have those kind of feelings where you're, you can't breathe and your chest hurts and, you know, you just, you can't get out of your own head and you feel awful and you just, you know, no matter what anybody says to you, like, regardless, yeah, my coaches are always there for me, but when I leave, you know, sometimes I'm in my head and I'm like, am I really good enough to fight? Can I really do this? Like, you know, you, you force these things inside your brain that, you know, you can't stop. And I think that, you know, with a good support system and, you know, therapy, if you need therapy or medication, people take medication. It's just, the, it's however you deal with it and just talk to people try to talk to people and reach out to your friends and it's always the people who no one ever s suspects has like anxiety or some sort of depression and you know it's you just got to be there for the people around you and you know sometimes people just need a hug that is so true a good hug <laughs> always can fix so many problems always. <laughs> and i love when you too when you when you brought up about how some people can use anxiety and depression as you know something that it's not really what it means, you know, yeah. and and because I've you know I've seen a lot of times too on YouTube, a lot of you know yeah. things like that, and you and you see it, and you can just you can tell, like you yeah, can tell, you can and some and it's wrong because the people that do deal with it, who really are in the woodwork and they're feeling this pain, yeah, it brushes them aside because their exactly. their voices need to be heard through it. And then I feel like they can't voice how they're feeling because then maybe others just think that, oh, you know, you're fine. You know, it's just how you're feeling today. Exactly, you know, yeah. That as a, other people, like other people also don't know how to reach out to people. Like some people have no idea what to say. And I know that that's hard. And, you know, again, just sometimes just being a friend and not saying anything is just all somebody needs or just a phone call every week. Hey, how you doing? You know, what's up? And, you know, it'll make people feel a little bit better. You talk about this. You're an advocate for this. But also, mm -hmm. you are it. You also deal with it as well. Plus, two, you deal with also being a fighter. So, yeah. how do? So, what for you? How do you prepare yourself with that? Whenever these moments of anxiety or depression creep in in fight camps or or during the day of the fight. So, mostly when it's fight time and it's fight week, I really rely on my coaches uh, to be there and just remind me. You know, you worked really hard. You put in the effort. You did everything you can to prepare yourself for this fight. You know win, lose, draw, get knocked out, win by knockout, you know, we're here for you regardless. Um, and, and on an everyday, it's getting out of your brain. So your brain is what kind of like takes over and like feeds you all these things. So like I said, I got a dog. So I got a dog for my mental health. You know, I purchased a dog for myself. It was the best investment that I ever did. 
Um, and it gets my mind off. So my dog needs me. So when I'm in my own head, I go outside. You know, I take my dog for a walk. I play with my dog. I put my mind elsewhere. Or I call a friend and I just say, hey, you know, I just kind of need someone to talk to, you know, or are you around with your dog? Do you want to go to the park or do you want to go get some coffee? So it's more just sometimes as the person who's suffering, you also need to just step up also and just reach out to people like where it's scary and it's intimidating. You don't always have to say you're struggling, but just say, hey, you know, are you around later? I'd love just, you know, someone to talk to or someone to just be around and fill my time so I'm not filling my head with something negative. Who are those people that you would call and say, look, I don't, I, I just want to talk. I, I just want to say, how you doing? Who, who, for you, who are those people? So most definitely my coaches, Tom and Matt, those are the people, you know, when I have a bad day, you know, my coach, Tom, he always like, he gives a hug and he hugs for like 10 minutes and he kind of like, kind of takes all that energy. Cause you know, when someone's like giving you a hug and when someone's giving you a hug, yeah. like, you know, there's a difference between like when someone's taking in your love and absorbing some of that like negativity that you have. Like my coach Tom is like that guy. He will give you a hug and like you can feel the the stress and the anxiety like kind of pulling out of your body. And it's like he's absorbing it, but he's also feeding you with love. And, and it's so genuine. And you know that. Um, and even just like my sister, like or my mom, like I've recently just been FaceTiming my mom all the time. You know, I live alone. I live by myself, you know, with my dog. So just, I feel like my mom's the person I've been calling. And even my dad, I t taught my dad how to FaceTime. So now we FaceTime. Ah, there you go. So, you know, just, and even like, I have some friends I reach out to. And then, you know, you have friends that care and you have friends that really care. Um, I think all friends want to be there for you, but sometimes friends just don't know how. And I totally understand that. Sometimes myself included, like as someone who struggles, sometimes I don't know how to reach out the right way or, you know, know the right things to say um but definitely like my coaches uh are 100 and even my teammates like i'll go in the gym i got this uh teammate ash she's 20 years old and she's just an animal and like i think she's very similar to me uh we're kind of like similar personalities i mean I, i'm she's very quiet but like i she opens up because she knows us and so uh you know i rely on her like she's someone who if i see like she'll come in and she's just like yeah how you doing today like no, I love you and like you'll give me a hug and like same vice versa like when she's having a bad day we just kind of remind each other you know you're great you're putting in the work all of it's going to pay off and you know we're all here and we're going to just get better every day together and it's cool Te having a team like obviously I fight by myself but when you like it, having a team is such a valuable thing and it, it's so cool to have such small knit people who genuinely care about you and like that you can grow with and watch like her succeed and watch my other teammates succeed it's it's a really cool thing and i think a lot of people don't always get that like on a regular team or like in a big gym you maybe have a few um you know really close teammates but we're so small and we're so close-knit like we want to spend time together and we want to be with each other all the time that's dope and since it is mental health awareness month what would you tell the anyone who's listening to this who is dealing with these anxieties these depressions what would you tell them to help them see tomorrow i would say you know sorry i would say shout out to your friends you know be open to talking about it the more open you're talking about it the more people that will actually relate to you you know when i post videos about my mental health i'm always so surprised with all the messages that i get and all the people who are also struggling that i would have never known were struggling or never knew was having anxiety or suffering on their own like I, i'm always so surprised and i think that others are probably surprised when they realize that i'm someone who's struggling because i'm a usually upbeat and like very likable talkable person so 
you know, just be open to talk about it regardless of how scared you are. You know, once you're out there and it's out there, there's so many people who are going to be there for you. And, you know, even if there's people who you think should be there for you, reach out to others. There's, there's always somebody reach out to me, you know, call me up, send me a Facebook message or Instagram message. I will always respond. Hey. Oh, he got into it. I can tell. Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody's here. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know about Hillary, this is the real truth about her. And she's really open about who she is. But not only that, she's also for herself getting prepared for a big title fight on the yeah. 29th of this month. Yes. And let's talk about it. At Cage Fury FC, you're fighting for the strap. I'm fighting for the strap. Now, this is a, a big moment for you for this moment in your career. For you, what would it mean for everything that you have grown in your career to be able to capture the title? I would mean a ton to me. I mean, I've obviously had some ups and downs throughout my career. And, you know, losing on Contender just opened my eyes to so many things that I had lacked in my game. Or just strength. The biggest thing that I realized after Contender is that I really needed to build some strength and, you know, build up some body work. Um, you know, I have all the skill and the ability to win. I know that I'm a very technical fighter, whether that's on the ground or whether it's on the feet or against the cage. But, um, you know, I, I needed to build some strength and put some muscle on my body because that girl Cheyenne, she was strong as hell. And, like, you look at me next to her and, you know, she was bigger than me. She had bigger legs and she was super strong. And she was really good at taking away the things I was good at because of her, you know, strength and obviously her skill level too. Um, but that was what I lacked most. So having put on four to five pounds of muscle since then over the last like six, seven months uh, has been a huge benefit in all of my training. So I know that I am fighting a very, very skilled and game opponent in Elise Reed. Um, and I know that she's fought girls with really good records um, and has beaten them, but she definitely hasn't fought somebody like me. And, you know, my goal is to obviously get the strap. And I think getting the strap puts me in a really good place for, you know, contender series or, you know, a short notice UFC fight or even just another, you know, defending the title. I'm OK with having more fights and getting more experience. I'm I'm in no rush. So whatever, whatever takes me wherever I'm open to it. And just like you before, you brought up how you, you care, you, you love so much about your team, about the people you train with and the relationship you, you, you've had with it. And. That moment too is a is a coronation with them. You know, these yeah. are the people that helped build you up, have motivated you, and have helped you become the person you are right now. So yeah. we already know how what it would mean for you to get the yeah. strap. But what would for you? What would it mean for your team to show them all the work, all the sacrifice they did for you, paid off in this? I think that it would mean a ton for them too. You know, I, I think they care about the strap. Um, but I also think they don't care. Like, I mean, I know they care, but I think that me going and performing and putting on a good performance is what they care about the most. Um, winning the strap is just an extra, you know, benefit to it. So I think me going out there and performing and doing all the things I've been working really hard at is what they're looking forward to seeing. And, you know, me winning the strap is them winning the strap. So, like, if I win it, you know, they're going to be they're going to be carrying that shit around, too. And they're going to be talking about it for days, too. So, you know especially like my coaches, you know, I, to them, it's another fight. And, you know, the strap is again, just an extra part. It's just another person in my way. And the, the strap is the, you know, the trophy and the medal at the end. So we're just looking for the win and that's all that matters. And how do you keep yourself just mentally focused for the task at hand 
and not letting the moment take over and distract yeah. you from the mission. Just trying to stay positive. A lot of the time, you know, I fester in my own head and I overthink my opponent's game. And I think, you know, well, you know, what are their coaches thinking in order to beat me? Or, you know, how is she going to come out and start this fight? And I think just having to remember, you know, my game plan and the things I'm good at and not getting caught up in the game plan of my, you know, opponent and just showing up and doing what I know I'm good at and dictating the, the you know, the fight the way I want it to be and not allowing her to do that. So, you know, just going there and bringing my best version of myself. And I think, you know, with all that, I can win for sure. And that in the, when the day comes and you do what you got to do, what would be for you the perfect celebration meal if <sighs> the W comes? Pizza, 100%. We've already talked about it. We've already looked up places. We will 100% be eating pizza. I can't wait to eat pizza and probably donuts. Will there be pineapple on the pizza? No. <laughs> no one ever takes pineapple on a pizza. I don't believe y'all. Y'all don't even know. I really like pineapple, too. I just don't like pineapple on pizza. Yeah, no, I no cheesy, cheesy pizza, that thin crust, perfectly mm. a little burnt. You know, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> if, it was, if I wasn't lactose intolerant, I would say it's so fantastic, but it's yes. just annoying. Yeah, oh, my God, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, this has been a great time I've had with Hillary. I respect her and appreciate her for giving me her time to just sit down and chat. And as you know, she had an upcoming fight, Cage Fury FC, coming this month on the 29th. But before I let you go, and it's something I love to do with my guests, this is the time when we give the shout-out time. Here, we give, and I know you're, you're already doing it in, in this whole show, so I know you're not shy about that at all. But... <laughs> This is the time when we give thanks and appreciate the people that have been by our side who have picked us up and would not let us fall. So the floor is yours. Thank those right. who wouldn't go. All right. So first, I definitely want to thank my two head coaches, uh, Matt Martin and Tom Hafers. They have had my back since I was 14 years old. Uh, my Most importantly, uh, my teammates, Ashley Barrett. She is just an amazing 20-year-old kid who is just going to be so good in this sport. Um, John Shalosky, he's been my main training partner for this fight. Um, and Andy Aiello out of Joe Lozon's gym. Joe Lozon and Steve Mays, Joe's coach, have opened up their arms. And I spar and I hit pads there every week. And um, they are just such a huge part of my game now. And they, you know, they are so dedicated to helping me get better. And it's so nice to have, you know, obviously I have my coaches, but have others who believe in my skill set and my level too. Um, so, you know, just having them be around for my last few camps has been just a huge benefit, and I'm so grateful for them. You know, shout out to my management team, Sucker Punch Entertainment. You know, I'm grateful for my, my managers who have gotten me this fight and the opportunity, uh, you know, to fight for a title. And, you know, we're working our way to the top, and I can't wait to get there. Last thing. If people didn't know who you are and they still want to know yeah. who Hillary is, what would you tell them in a few words? Who is Hillary Rose? Hillary Rose is a very dedicated, disciplined, kind person who, it, you know, is there for anybody who needs it and is willing to share whatever I have and give my whole self wholeheartedly to whoever needs it or whether that's martial arts, whether that's daily life or whether that's, you know, on an emotional level, I'm forever a kind person. I think I get that in the fight game. Uh, Cheyenne Bides is like, Hillary Rose is the nicest person I ever fought. And you know what? I'll take that. I'm a nice person. I believe in being nice and kind to everybody. And, you know, um, I'm a savage, too. So don't underestimate me just because, uh, you know, my kindness. <laughs> and, guys, 
That <laughs> is 100% real. Yeah. My name is Ronald, don't forget the E, Smith. This <laughs> right here is Hillary Rose. And y'all, I think we just got real. Yeah. Thank you very much. Like, share, and subscribe. And I will.